everyone, and welcome to the third edition of our special Clue at Intellicon Masters series. We conducted 15 interviews with competitive professionals live at Intellicon, hosted by our friends over at Skip. In today's episode, I am joined by Matt Tyre, the head of competitive intelligence at Commvault, and Alex Kanapik, the competitive intelligence lead at Milestones Systems. I chat with Matt right after his awesome session going beyond battle cards. And so he shared a little bit on that topic and how you increase the influence of your compete program. Meanwhile, Alex joined me to share some of the most important challenges he's overcame while he was getting compete off of the ground at Milestones. Two great guys, one great episode. Let's get into it. All right, today I am joined by Matt Tyre, the head of competitive intelligence at Commvault. He's coming off an adrenaline high from just presenting, I think. Probably right. <laughs> Probably right, Adam. It was, it was one hell of a session. Oh, thanks. It was a fir- first live pre- presentation I've had to give in like two and a bit years. So I was kind of nervous and then kind of got back into the swing of things. How long did it take for the, for the nerves to settle? Uh, as soon as I got started, but <laughs> kind of leading up to uh, the... Uh... It's always the build up, right? Well, you know, you just never know how an audience is going to react to your session. You know, are they going to just sit there? Are they going to engage? Are they going to... Um, you're going to see heads nodding and, and stuff like that. So you looked at home, you sounded at home. It was, it was a fantastic session. And for the listeners, um, one of my questions actually for people is if you were to lead a session, what would it be on? Well, you did lead a session. So did you want to share with the, the audience what, what the session was about? Sure. Uh, so the session uh, was called uh, Beyond Battle Cards, Three Tactics to Expand uh, the Value of Your Program, Your Competitive Program. And it was really just kind of sharing some of my experiences as I've been trying to develop the program within Commvault to look at, okay, well, you know, you've got these fundamentals of, you know, the standard battle cards and stuff like that, but there's so much more that you could be doing. And I kind of looked at what, you know, who were the groups that I was interfacing with and what content was I producing for them and, and just kind of sharing that with the audience. And because uh, I remember even with some presentations I was making internally, when I kind of broke down all the different stakeholders and groups I interacted with, there were even some people, you know, internals of my uh, organization that were like, really? You, you, you talk with all those people? You're doing stuff for those groups? Um, and so it's kind of with that in mind, I thought, well, you know, I can't be the only one that's kind of going through that. Well, now what? I've got all these battle cards. Now what do I do? How do I kind of take, you know, continue to evolve the program? And that, that's really what the session was about. So I even had somebody come up after. It's like, do you do any mentorship? Because I would love to uh, be able to talk to somebody that's been doing this a little bit longer. I was like, wow, okay, that's awesome. So w- at what point did you kind of come up, come up with that topic? And, and why was that something that immediately came to mind? Is like, this is something I want to do and present with others. Um, I think it came down to just wanting to share the experience. I mean, you know, I'm going to be at a, uh, you know, Intellicon, which is just all professionals in competitive intelligence, market intelligence. So it's, you know, amongst the peers and, you know, knowing, you know, from various industry reports and stuff, I know that most teams are fairly small until you get into like the big enterprise uh, environments, you know, like the Coca-Colas and stuff like that, where they've got a little bit more staff. And so, you know, I looked introspectively and was like, okay, well, as a smaller team, you know, what did I have to do or what were some of the things that I needed to to, um, talk about or expand uh, my sphere of influence with 
as I was, you know, first kind of getting the program off the ground and formalizing and building kind of thing. And, and you know, it's like, well, I'm probably not the only one. You know, everyone else probably has, uh, you know, s- some development and ongoing within their programs, uh, you know, and maybe they're just looking for ideas. It's like, wow, I didn't think to talk to that organization or, huh, you know, I haven't talked to, you know, I, I don't meet with these people regularly. I didn't think that there would be value I could provide. So, you know, if anyone just left the session thinking, well, you know what, I got to reach out to, you know, my counterparts on this part of the business uh, that I'm not talking to, then uh, then that's, you know, mission accomplished. Yeah, I mean, it was cool listening to your session. I mean, one of the things as well, um, in terms of like the different methods of distribution, I think like you talked about like even creating a podcast for reps to listen to when they're on the road now. Like that's such a cool concept, I'm sure. I mean, I've uh, I've talked to a couple people that are starting to do internal podcasts, and uh, I'm uh, I'm biased to that. But it, it's it's cool that the different ways that you showed how to distribute um, competitive content. Because mm-hmm. you have to, you have to look at you know who are your consumers and how are they consuming it. Not every piece of content necessarily fits in that kind of medium. So like, you know, we couldn't do a podcast uh, uh, about, you know, battle cards necessarily. You know, there needs to be some visualization sometimes or, you know, architecture or something, you know. So um, you kind of got to look at, okay, well, what is the information we're trying to share and what are they trying to consume and what's the best method for that to be consumed you know such that it makes sense for them kind of thing so so as you mentioned you're amongst a bunch of other ci professionals compete professionals um and not only you speaker but you're attending sessions so have there been what have been the kind of few biggest takeaways you've you've taken from some of the sessions so far well, um, I've got a notebook full of uh, notes that I've taken from a bunch of them. I've downloaded a bunch of slides uh, for some of the sessions that, uh, that I wasn't able to get to because there was such a, so many good topics to pick from here at te- Intellicon uh, that I had to, you know, kind of like, uh, which one do I really need to get to? Um, so I'm going to be going back through the, the slides for some of the ones I didn't. A good one in one of the sessions was people talking about the hygiene of the data sometimes that we have to work with. And, you know, all of us kind of shook our heads and said, okay, good, phew, it's not just me having to deal with that. So a lot of common problems, uh, you know, and it was kind of refreshing just to see, you know, how others are building their programs or what they're doing, especially from some of the more mature and established programs, kind of how do they get from here to there? You know, because as I look at what I'm trying to do and to, you know, evolve and grow my program, um, you know, looking at, you know, like the, the speaker from, uh, was it Qualcomm, uh, Qualcomm uh, this afternoon? And just seeing, okay, well, this is how she built her team or her, how she built her program. And just, uh, I thought a really great statement that she made there was, you know, don't just kind of be reading out the data, you know, ask the questions you know, that maybe they aren't asking, you know, well, why are we, you know, putting that on a roadmap? You know, did we think about this or how would we react if the market makes that change kind of thing? So it's kind of looking at it, it's like, well, that's true. You know, I'm not, they can, you know, if they want the, the raw data, they can go get it, you know, but, you know, the true value is kind of our interpretation of it, our analysis of, okay, well, this happened and this is what we think, or this is our take uh, and observation on what that was and here's how we i recommend we react so not just kind of a plus b you know everyone can solve that one it's like okay well why (laughs) you know what i'm hearing from you is it's sort of just that like this shared experience i think there's a thing with a lot of compete pros is especially when you're 
some I mean you mentioned in your experience you're a team of one now you've got headcount but it can be a lot of team of ones or very small teams and with that is there can be a feeling of like isolation right am I am I doing this right who is this how I go about this there's not a definitive guide on how to do compete and I think that that's one of the values right and it varies from industry to industry I mean the way that you would do competitive intelligence for like a high-tech company like my like Convault is probably going to be somewhat different from like a healthcare provider or um you know, others, uh, you know, other verticals in the market. So, uh, you know, just seeing how, you know, peers and adjacent groups are kind of approaching things, you can kind of see, oh, well, that, you know, I think that idea would be able to apply here. But back to your comment about the team sizes, in my session, I actually kind of did a poll at the beginning to see, you know, who has teams of X sizes. And I'd say most people were uh, under, under five kind of thing in terms of uh, how they got. So, it, you know, there's always going to be a lot of um, being self-critical and looking like, am I doing the right things? You know, how come nobody's reading my content? <laughs> you know, are people doing it? Um, you know, which, and, and, you know, kind of as we were talking before hopping on the podcast here, one of the big, biggest challenges is kind of building out those metrics and, and understanding, you know, how successful is the content? How successful is the program? And, you know, which is something we all, uh, you know, are struggling with in terms of trying to define those uh, areas for, for success. It's like, okay, well, what makes the program successful? Do, you know, is it that we sold more than last year? You know, can I necessarily link all of my activities back to those numbers to, to say, yes, my, my program led to us uh, closing 10% more deals than we did before? Or, you know, or is it a little bit more high level in the sense of, okay, well, overall the company's performance has done better or i'm seeing greater consumption of the this uh you know these assets from the field so you know ergo they're using it and if they're using it then you know so you also mentioned the the competitive confidence of your like sales reps oh, your end yes, users yeah, yeah. too is like a well, potential. i haven't yet but that's kind of the next thing that i want to do is uh, and, and like i said i think it was a, a clue um uh newsletter that had been sent out or something it was uh, about the competitive intelligence confidence survey which i thought was a fantastic idea of being able to like understand okay well i've gone and created all this stuff are people using it is it valuable is there ways we can improve it you know so uh looking forward to launching that uh, this quarter yeah, it's kind of like quantifying the qualitative feedback, right? You can kind of aggregate to a sense. I don't think it's like a, the be-all, end-all metric, but it is also, it's just like another layer, right? To tell that kind of story, like you mentioned, is overall performance went up. Was that because of competitive? Was that because of a new product launch? Was that because of this, that, and the other? Is it because it rained on Wednesday? Like, who the heck yeah. knows? But it adds, it allows you to tell that compelling story in terms of the competitive um, impact on what's going on in the business. Right, because I mean, sometimes you know, it's like, well, what, what, what did the program accomplish last quarter? It, you know, it'd be like, oh man, I gotta think about that. Well, we we worked on these deals, but what, you know, but what did we actually do? You know, what did we, you know, what, how did we move that ball forward? Uh, you know, and and you know, being able to to wrap a definition around, you know, what is the ball and how do I define what's forward is uh, can can be a, a difficult task sometimes. Last question. Your whole session was about like um, delivering beyond battle cards and users. So conversely, tell me how not 
to get your stakeholders to be engaged with the intel and the competitive messaging that you're producing? <laughs> How not to get them engaged? Uh, well, an easy one would be just don't publish the stuff. <laughs> Keep it in your file folder and, and wait for them to come asking for it. But um, not being approachable. You know, I, I always joke. I made the joke during the uh, the session as well about kind of the RTFM. You know, it's like, hey, I've got this content. Go read it, you know, before you ask me the dumb question. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you want them to ask the, the dumb question because it's like, okay, you know, I want you to reach out. I want you to, to engage with us so that, you know, we can, A, educate you on where to find this stuff in the future. Um, but also, you know, and, and try and enable them to be able to be a little bit more self-sufficient around the content and using it uh, to their benefit. But what not to do would be, you know, just being um, like a brick wall where it, it's like, you know, go read that instead. You know, you're not being prescriptive. You're not being helpful. Or, I mean, you saw the theme was like communication, like communicate, communicate, communicate. You know, you got to let them know that you're there. Let them know where to find things. Let them know how to use the stuff. You know, provide that, you know, regular cadence of, of enablement and education to teach them about uh, you know, the various topics or use cases or competitors. That was my biggest takeaway from your session was build it and they won't come. It's not, it's not just a build it and yep, everything's hunky dory. Like there it's, it's sort of like, a mar it's like marketing. It's internal marketing. It's like you, for example, from a content perspective, I, I create this podcast. Mm -hmm. If I just put it, put it here, I publish it done. That's not, that's right. people, not people aren't gonna, you're gonna have to distribute it you have to think about different ways mm -hmm. and like you mentioned like different formats with how you share that content out um, yeah. and it's, it's the exact same with this kind of competitive intel that you're producing because otherwise you know they're gonna go off and they're gonna do their own research then all, all that information is gonna be lost it might be inaccurate um, it, it, it just be end of times uh, but you know by uh, by educating, by communicating, you know, you're kind of creating that, that channel, that feedback loop so that they can come to you and they can provide you with information as well, uh, you know, that you can then curate and, uh, and figure out, well, is this useful? Is this not? You know, can we reapply that elsewhere? So, All right, Matt, I appreciate you taking the time here, giving us your expertise, time, not only for the podcast audience, but also for the folks here in Telecon. Uh, I'm, I'm super appreciative and it's been great to meet you in person. Oh, thanks, Adam. It's uh, great to to meet you in person and the Clue team, and uh, thanks for having me on. I'm also really jealous that Matt has a far superior podcasting voice, so I, I just got to get that <laughs> little crippling insecurity that's been eating away at me, um, but alas, here we are. Well, I'm only just a guest. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. All right. All right. I am joined by Alex Kanapik the Competitive Intelligence Lead at Milestone Systems. Alex, thank you for joining me at Skip today. Really happy to be here. It's been an exciting week. How's it been? What's the highlight so far? We are, what are we, halfway through day one, one and a half? I don't know if yesterday counts as day one. I was here, so if it was pregame for some, but uh, for me, it was, it was the show. I, uh, I, loved, uh, I loved the keynote speaker today. Uh, she was awesome. It really got me going, and uh, I think the, the reminder of... Uh, don't be boring. That's what customers uh, customers have problems when you're boring, and I think that that's uh, that's important for our external customers and then also our internal customers when we're doing enablement, right? Don't be boring. Well, we're gonna try to not be boring on this little rapid mini episode here on the podcast. So my line of questioning for you today is: 
What have you seen change in terms of how compete, uh, compete experts are operating over the past few years? I think the, the biggest difference I've seen is being willing to get a little more down and dirty to learn things, to have it be a two-way conversation. I think in the past there's too much, okay, we're going to present this information, we're going to present this data, and I'm maybe not even going to get much feedback. I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm just going to kind of let it be out there. I'm not going to really try to understand how it's being used or how it's going to be happening. I'm just happy with presenting this pr uh, great stuff. I'm not thinking so much about the impact or the actions that people are taking. And I think with some of the, the new tools out there, the new platforms around, um, there's just been this renewed interest in actually making it be a two-way conversation, actually thinking about the actions that people are going to take because of the intelligence that you, uh, that you bring. What's one thing you wish competitive experts stop doing then? Stop doing, stop sitting just in your desk. Stop just staying there. You have to talk to your sales teams and you have to build relationships, right? I think if you're not thinking of your salespeople and your marketing people and everybody as your customer and that you're selling your, uh, your intelligence to them and they're paying with their attention, if you're not treating it that way, um, you're, you're not getting the full benefit. Your company's not getting the full benefit of, of what you do. So in terms of where Compete fits in the organization, and like, where do you see kind of competitive enablement and competitive fitting within the org structure? Oh, not where it's at with me right now. <laughs> uh, there's always that tough thing though, right? It's like, it's, it, it needs to be everywhere. Um, and to me, it's more important, less about where it sits and the mandate that it has, right? The mandate, I don't care who I report to as long as they believe in it, right? What matters is that you are able to get information from all sources, that they trust you to build that single source of truth. And, you know, the different departments, different people, you'll use your information differently. Um, but you have to have that mandate to be able to communicate to everyone and for them to trust you. If you don't have that mandate, if it's siloed off, you're just missing out on a tremendous, you're, you're missing out on intelligence that you wouldn't get otherwise, and they're not benefiting and you're not getting alignment. Are there any like common misconceptions around sort of the competitive professional, like externally you see, maybe like internally within your organ and an external perception that you're like, you know what, that's not true. That's not how a competitive professional operates. Yeah, so internally it's that it's just about competitors. I hate the word almost in a way because I'm always like competitive means being competitive, not just about competitors. Like we, we I, I wish we could fix that somehow. But uh, so that's a tough thing I'm always getting over. It's about being competitive in the market. And lots of times that's competitors, but it's not always, right? It's about understanding what makes a difference to our customers. So I think that's, that's a big one internally. And externally, I feel like it's everyone thinks I'm a spy. Right? There's a, there's a presentation, I think, tomorrow about the ethics of competitive intelligence. And, and that's not where it is, right? You, you, you have to be ethical about this stuff. And if that means sometimes you're missing out on intel that you really like to have, so be it, right? The, the ethics are the long game. And I think that's, you know, people just think I'm, I'm some sort of business spy or skulking around, right? And that's fun. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of let that, <laughs> that, that idea go out there, but that's not really what we do here. Right? You got the bad boy image going on. I know. I'll, I'll take that persona, but it's not the reality. <laughs> it's, it's interesting though you mentioned there. I, who's, I was talking with Clara on our podcast and the idea of like competitive isn't just about competitors. I think her like ma mantra philosophy is like, like competitor aware, customer obsessed. And like that sort of like, like guiding message around how they approach competitive enablement, which is, uh, is, I mean, that's kind of the point you're echoing. 
getting to like the enablement side because I think what you mentioned at the start is like people need to stop doing is sitting at their desk, not reaching out to the teams that necessarily need to use the information. So in your own experience, can you tell me about a time that you've had like great success with enabling a customer facing team? Yeah, so I have this advantage that I used to be a salesperson at our company and I used to be an engineer. So I have this credibility that's built up that way. So and I, so what I you know, what I'm able to do is if I can truly gain trust by just doing something very practical when I first meet someone or it very early on, something that really practically helps them even in a tiny way, that's where that's when the customer facing people trust me, right? And I have to do that every time new when I have new people, you know, new sales team coming in and new, new people on our teams. Uh, but that's the advantage I have. And if you aren't, if you don't have that sales background or you're coming in from a different organization, uh, that's tougher, right? That's a tougher hill to climb. But think about that first. What's that little thing you could do to make someone's day a little bit better? And that's going to build the trust for those customer-facing teams. So then they'll spend that time with you when you're asking them for a few minutes to, to, to get intel from them or get feedback. Um, they'll remember that you did that for them, right? So they're like providing value, just like a like little bit to start with, right? You're not going to take over the world immediately. You're not going to come in and everyone listen to everything you say. You need to kind of earn that credibility. And honestly, the, starting from this as a, as a former seller, it's, like, it's almost like a, a cheat. It's an advantage. Our, our own new CE manager is, was a former AE. So it's not even like a theoretical thing because there's always that disconnect potentially between a compete pro and, uh, and a seller. But if you've been there, you can speak authoritatively about it too. But you can't dictate. And that's a tough thing. You can't come in like a seller and say, oh, I know how this is. I know what your life's about just because I maybe I used to do it. Um, so you, you have to balance that a little bit, too, because if you come in and dictate or try to tell them, oh, I know what it is to be you rather than I can empathize, uh, that that sort of difference uh, that makes that may make all the world of a difference to, to gain trust. OK, how give me the how not to get your stakeholders to actually use your intel and messaging make it boring. I mean, that's back to, to our, our keynote speaker. If, if it, you have to put in a little bit of dazzle, especially, I think it's everybody, but especially customer facing teams, they want to get excited. They want to, if they're, if you're building seller confidence, I love when you've talked about that in the past. Um, you got to have a little edge to it, especially if it's internal, right? It's okay to do that. And um, so you just cannot have it just be kind of static. You can't, you have to put in a little edge. So, cause if you just have it be sort of boring sentences, passive voice, like all that kind of stuff in English uh, class that you learn, if, if, if you don't have it be really engaging and challenging at times, it's just, it, it's, they're not gonna come back to it. They're gonna come to it when they need it, not just when they want it, if that kind of makes sense. So I think that's a huge thing. You, you got to put a little dazzle into it. Yeah, I always hear kind of this idea of like storytelling is a superpower. Like you need to captivate them in some sort of way. And being it rather than just like a list of like facts and figures, it's not, it's just so much less applicable. Whereas like humans relate to stories. I mean, I'm in the content world. So it's like, I love doing that. Um, 
and it, it's it's funny seeing like the most successful people in compete that's how they operate it's just like i remember J justin from uh, high spot telling the story of like he snaps his whole competitive story to the ballad of ricky bobby talladega nights <laughs> yeah. now i don't know exactly how that story goes but i love just his passion made me care it already bought me and i'm not even a seller at high spot so there is there's like so much truth to that statement there yeah i think i think that's such a huge thing and even if you're not even if you're a technically minded person you're not a natural storyteller you have stories you live your life you learn these things it doesn't matter if you're not like a big actor person or something. You can still tell stories that people can relate to. Everybody can. I got one last question for you. All right, I am the competitive genie. I've got. I'm come down to earth. I can grant one wish in regards to enabling your teams better. What What wish do you want granted? Number one wish. Um, I would say that. Uh, automatic trust and I know you can't you got to build that but if I could just if anyone in the organization would just trust me uh, or trust the program I should even say first and if it fails or something doesn't work let's adjust it but if I could have magic fairy dust that would just get people to trust instead of having to re-earn it all the time that would honestly make my job so much easier right Alex this is awesome you killed that fun thank That's you good. so much for joining me we're going to be having even more fun at dinner tonight. So Love it. I appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, it's great to, great to be uh, here. And, and take, a, take a big audible sip out of that coffee and compete mug, that beautiful coffee and compete mug. <sighs> if you want competitive strategies in five minutes or less, you know where to go. Look at that plug to end. Thank there you, Alex. Absolutely.